Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, speaking to you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. On this podcast, we talk about the practical side of what it means to lead a church or a ministry organization. And so if you find yourself in one of those roles, then this podcast is for you. And while I like to think that my podcast is biblical, it's not a preaching podcast or so much of a Bible teaching podcast, although I do reference stories and insights from scripture from time to time, that's really not the purpose of this particular podcast. Podcast. What I'm trying to do is talk about the day-to-day life of a ministry leader, the things that go on in our churches and our organizations, the things that go on in our families and in our communities, the things that go on inside of our own uh, hearts and minds as we try to work on the issues related to being as effective as we can at leading God's people forward. Now today, I want to talk about uh, this idea. Leaders change their mind. Leaders change their mind. Now, leaders are not usually people who adopt every new idea that comes along. We're a little bit skeptical about those kinds of things. We also aren't swayed by every wind of doctrine that blows through and definitely not by every web-driven fad that comes our way. Leaders uh, don't have a little flag in the wind of social media every day seeing which way the wind is blowing before they make up their mind about what they believe about important issues. And I'm not talking just about important biblical issues, although those certainly are part of the conversation. I'm talking about strategic, methodological, or philosophical issues as well. I'm talking about in ministry leadership that ministry leaders have strong convictions about the kind of preaching that we should do, the kind of music that we should sing. They have strong convictions about the kind of programming that we should operate, about how we should spend our money or what we should prioritize uh, in our communities and in in our denomination. Leaders have strong ideas about all of these kinds of issues as well. And yet, I want to challenge you today that as a leader, you have to have the capacity to change your mind. Now, we're going to talk today on the podcast about why it's important to be able to change your mind, some examples of what I mean when it's uh, done in the Bible, and then why it's so hard for us as a leader to do this, and then hopefully some positive motivations about why and when to change our mind. So first of all, when I say that leaders have strong opinions and that we should hold to those, that we should not be easily moved and that we should certainly not be swayed or influenced overly by information that comes our way. And yet I also then advocate that we should be willing to change our mind. That leads to the legitimate question. When, when should we be willing to change our mind about something? Now, in the Bible, there's a good example of a man who changed his mind. His name's Peter. Peter was convinced that the gospel was only for the Jews. But you can read throughout the book of Acts that God went through some painstaking processes to help him understand that the gospel was not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And then we can see how he struggled with that and then how he concluded that it was true and then later struggled with it again, so much so that Paul wrote a scathing critique in Galatians chapter two of Peter on this very issue. So here's a man who believed one thing, changed his mind to believe something something else, and yet still struggled with implementing those changes as time went along, so much so that it resulted in some very public and challenging conflict for the church. Now, 
This then leads us to try to answer this question. When do we know that we should change our mind? Well, the most obvious answer is when God teaches you something new. Now, God is never changing and his word is never changing. But frankly, our flawed attempts to understand it are always open to change. You know, when I look back on things that uh, I believe that the Bible taught when I was in my uh, teens and 20s, and I look now in my 60s at what I believe the Bible teaches on certain issues, I've changed my mind. I remember, for example, and this is going to shock some of you, but I remember, for example, the first time a Christian leader handed me a Bible that was not the King James Version and encouraged me to read it. I thought he had handed me a communist track. It was like, you're kidding me. I, I trusted you. And you're now asking me to read the new American Standard Bible? I was shocked. Everyone knew that the real Bible is the King James Version. My pastor used the King James Version. He studied and preached from the King James Version. I was using the same study Bible that he was using to help me understand not only the Bible, but also the King James Version. And my college pastor had the audacity to come to our church, join our staff, and start using the New American Standard Bible and to sit down with me and to show me why he had made that decision and then gave me a copy and asked me to start reading it. This was a big change for me. But I had to come to the reality that the Bible really didn't say anything about a certain version of Scripture that had to be used. And quite honestly, if I was going to read the, quote, real Bible, I better start learning some Greek and Hebrew because that's what I had to have in order to read the text in its original language. So I was faced with this reality that God was apparently showing me something new about his word. And he wanted me to switch over to more readable English translations, which of course I did and have done now a couple of other times over a lifetime. But beyond that, God has taught me some other things. When I first started out in ministry, I had a very low opinion of church leaders like deacons and elders. I had met some good ones, and so I had a generally positive view of those individuals. But I really didn't see the importance of that office or those roles fully in Scripture like I came to realize over the first decade of my ministry leadership. And then, again, after studying the Bible and learning something new about those roles, I became a passionate advocate for those groups leading the church and for pastors learning to facilitate and cooperate with those kind of groups in ministry leadership. I changed my mind about that. Here's another example. I once made a very significant study and preached a series of messages about the doctrine or the theology of worship. And as a result of that, I changed a number of my convictions and preferences and patterns, really, about corporate worship particularly, and started leading my church to do things that were a result of that study of the doctrine or the theology of worship. It changed my personal practices, but more importantly, it changed what I expect of my church and what I expect our, my church to do as it reflects a more biblical perspective on worship. So that's just some examples of what I'm talking about, that God taught me something new. So the most obvious answer to the question, when do I change my mind, is when God teaches you 
something new. Now, I realize that in our world today, there's a lot of people who are going around saying that they have special insight from God and God tells them things directly. And by telling them these new things that they then communicate them to the rest of us and some new revelation has come from God. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about anything like that. What I'm saying is that God is never changing. His word is never changing, but our capacity to understand him and his word is ever changing because of our flawed nature, our broken intellect, our inability to perfectly grasp everything about God. We're going to have a progression of understanding about God and his word over time. And because of that, he's going to change. We're going to learn new things from him as he changes our mind by new understandings of him as revealed, particularly in his word. And so the very, the answer and most obvious answer is when God teaches you something new, when he does change your mind, you should also though, second of all, change your mind when you learn new extra biblical information that doesn't necessarily contradict the Bible. For example, I came into ministry leadership with some convictions and understanding about how I felt like people should be treated in a work environment. And some of those came out of my Christian context and conviction, and those have generally stayed with me over a lifetime. But others of them uh, came out of the result of what I thought I knew about personnel administration. But over the years, I've learned from the laws of the state of California and Washington and Oregon, where I lived previously, and federal law, and I've learned from the legal side of things that there are certain aspects of managing personnel that I better know extra biblical information that doesn't contradict my biblical worldview, but certainly adds to the reality of what it means to manage people in today's uh, work environment that I simply had to change my mind about how people could be managed, how organizations could be run, how personnel could be administrated in order to do it not only effectively from a Christian perspective, but legally as well. I'm so sensitive about this that I was recently in a situation where someone in our organization said something in a employment employee context that I knew was not only wrong, but really put us at some legal risk. And I only knew that because of training I've received and experiences I've had later in life that helped me understand the significance of this particular kind of conversation. And so I was able to intervene and solve the problem at the beginning point rather than letting it fester into something that would have been much more significant or potentially consequential. I was able to do that because I've changed my mind on some issues of personnel administration, and I know better now how to do it. And I've learned extra biblical information, you will, that's made me a better leader in that regard. I could say the same thing about different aspects of financial management and on down the line. You should change your mind when you learn new information or new ways of doing things or new uh, approaches, extra biblical. They aren't things that you can uh, cite chapter and verse, but they don't contradict your biblical position or your biblical worldview. And so you should use this new information, change your mind and move forward. Here's another one. This might seem so obvious, but I'm going to add it to the list. Change your mind, as I've said, when God teaches you something new. Change your mind when you learn something new that's extra biblical, that really doesn't contradict your Christian perspective, but gives you new information about how to operate. Those two I've already announced and talked about. Let me give you the third one. Change your mind when you're wrong. Just change your mind when you're wrong. Why is this so hard? 
Why is it so hard for leaders to admit, you know, I was wrong about that. I just need to change my mind. I was wrong about that. We need to go a different direction. You know, I was just wrong about that. I've learned that those three words, I was wrong, are three of the most powerful words in leadership relationships. Because rather than trying to defend an indefensible position or try to sustain something that everyone knows is not going to work, you should just be able to say, you know, I was wrong on that initiative. I was wrong on that decision. I was wrong about that allocation of resource. I was even wrong on uh, on how I administered this position or this person. I changed my mind. I want to go a different direction. Now, why is it so hard to learn new things from God, learn new extra biblical information, and admit when we're wrong and move on? Why is that so hard? Well, I can think of two or three answers to that question. The first answer is just pure stubbornness. We dig in our heels and we're not moving. We're like a two-year-old child. No, I'm not changing my mind. Just pure stubbornness. And that stubbornness is motivated by sort of the second answer I would give to the question, and that is pride. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, I was leading a Wednesday night Bible study at the first church I pastored. And in the context of that Bible study, I was teaching from a story in the Gospels. One of the people in the class who was himself a very serious student of the Bible challenged me on one of my positions. He said, I don't quite agree with your understanding of that verse or your interpretation of that. And he gave what he thought was a better or more clear interpretation of the verse based on his past study. And I'll never forget the answer I gave him. I said, well, I understand that might be your position, but I've really studied this and people who know a lot more about it than you or I have come to some different conclusions and I agree with those conclusions. And so this is the position that I'm going to hold. Now, that may sound like a reasonable answer, but it wasn't. What I was really saying is, hey, I'm smarter than you, and I'm not going to let you uh, win this moment. And your interpretation, while it might actually sound pretty good, I'm not going with it because I've studied this, and I've studied a lot of smart people, and I've been to seminary, and I've got a doctorate. And uh, I mean, I didn't say all these things, but they were kind of in my mind. Pure pride motivated that comment. I wasn't going to change my mind. Because I was right. I'm smarter than you. I'm better educated than you. I'm more experienced than you. I am not changing my mind. Not even going to entertain the possibility that there might be another interpretation of this text. No, sir. Pride. So, at least two reasons why it's hard to change our mind. We are stubborn and we are proud. Let me give you a third one. And that is sometimes we just don't want to lose face. We just don't want to lose stature, lose face, lose a sense of position or prestige that goes with our leadership role. Now, this is not only a problem in the Asian community, but it's where I sometimes get this terminology from working with many Asians over the years. They tell me they they just don't want to lose face by diminishing themselves in leadership. 
Now, the most dramatic example of this happened in a classroom a few years ago. I actually have an assignment in one of my leadership classes where I have students write out an example of a leadership failure or mistake that they've made and bring it with them to class. Now, I don't put these out publicly, but I then teach in the classroom a schematic of how to deal with leadership failures and mistakes and show students how to process those and work through those and productively come out of those kinds of situations. Well, when I did my teaching and gave the students the assignment to work on this as a case study, even in class, I noticed one student wasn't doing anything and I asked him about it and he said, well, I can't do the assignment because I've never made a mistake. I said, excuse me? He said, that's right. I, I've never made a mistake. I said, you're telling me, and this was a man in his 50s. I said, you're telling me that in all of your years of Christian leadership, you've, you've never made a mistake and you've never failed at anything? He said, that's correct. I said, well, could you explain that just a bit for me? He said, every time I've ever made a decision, I made the best decision possible with the best motives possible. And therefore, even if it didn't work out like I hoped, it still wasn't a mistake and it, worked, and it did not produce a failure. Ah, I said, I understand your position now. You just can't admit that you've ever made a mistake or failed. Because in your mind, it would lower your prestige or it would diminish your capacity or your status as a leader. In fact, people would respect you less. And he said, that's true, or at least it would be true if I had ever made a mistake, but I haven't. Well, I knew that conversation was over. This was a person, the most extreme example I've ever experienced, who could not admit to a mistake or a failure, certainly couldn't change his mind, because if he did... In his mind, it diminished his leadership stature, and he lost face with his organization or with the people he was trying to influence. Well, that's a pretty extreme example that happened to me one time in a classroom. Most of us aren't quite that far to the extreme, but yet we still struggle, don't we? We don't want to admit that we're wrong and change our minds, because if we do, what we're telling people is, well, maybe I'm not as good a leader as you thought I was. Maybe I don't have all the answers like you thought I did. Maybe I don't have my act together quite to the extent that maybe I want you to think I do. And so therefore, we're unwilling to change our mind because we want people, we're afraid of what people will think of us. So why can't we change our minds? Why can't we admit that we've made a mistake? Why can't we admit that we need to go another direction? Why can't we admit that something needs to change? Well, first of all, because we're stubborn. Second, because we're proud. And third, because we're afraid of losing face. We're afraid of being diminished in the eyes of our followers. Well, let me just talk for just a minute about that last part, how our followers perceive us. When we need to change our mind and we're being stubborn and proud and fearful of losing face because what our, of our followers will think of us, when we're thinking that way, we've lost sight of this hard reality. Most of the time, when you need to change your mind, your followers know it a long time before you do. They know it. They know you're wrong about something. They know your perspective's a little bit off. Uh, they know you need to go another direction. They know that what you taught them didn't quite sound right. They know. And so when you're stubborn and proud and trying to hold on to your position so you don't lose any leadership stature, you're actually doing the opposite. In fact, if you just come out, come out and say up front, you know, 
I think I need to change my mind on this. I, I once believed this, but now I believe something else. I, I once taught this, now I need to teach something else. I, I once operated out of this information, but now I have new information. Or frankly, I was just wrong. When you admit that, it has this amazing effect that you are always surprised about, but the paradox, even though it's there, is real. Your stature in the eyes of your followers is actually raised by this act. When you change your mind, admit that you were wrong, and say, I'm going to move on based on new information, based on something I've learned, or based on the fact that I now realize I was just wrong, your followers will actually esteem you more for your honesty, your transparency, and your integrity than for your stubborn duplicity to hold on to something that everyone can see isn't right. So it's kind of the backwards response we might expect, but when we admit we've learned something new, we were wrong about something old, we've got to move on, it actually raises our leadership stature. Well, let's wrap up the podcast with one more aspect of this. The theme today is leaders change their mind. We hold on to things, yes, we're not easily swayed. But we do sometimes know that we have to change the way we think and the decisions we make. When God teaches us something new, when we learn new extra biblical information, or when we just conclude we've been wrong about something, we change our minds. We overcome our stubbornness and our pride and our fear of losing face, and we go a new direction. Now, there's two things that have motivated me to do this that I want to leave you with at the end of the podcast today. First, one thing that motivates me to change my mind, even though it may sometimes seem embarrassing or painful or an admission of defeat or an admission of inadequacy, even though that's all true. What motivates me, first of all, is that I am more committed to the mission of God and the mission of my organization than I am to my own comfort or protection. I want the mission of God to advance and I want the mission of Gateway Seminary to advance more than I want to be perceived as right. I want the mission to advance more than I want to be comfortable and more than I want to be protected and more than I want my position to be defended. I want the mission to advance. So when the mission matters most, the mission of God and the mission of my organization, I will change my mind. I will change my mind about something I learned from Scripture. I will change my mind about extra-biblical information, which makes me a better leader. I will change my mind when I become convinced that I'm simply wrong about something and need to go another direction. I will change my mind because the mission of God and the mission of my organization matters most. matters more than my comfort, more than my protection, and more than my perception of adequacy because people think I'm always right. And then a second thing that motivates me is that I really do want to be an effective leader and that leadership effectiveness matters more than ego satisfaction. Yes, it feels good to have people say, oh, you're so smart. Oh, your ideas are so insightful. Oh, you're so wise in your decisions. Yes, that all feels so good. But when those things aren't true, when they're not true, I don't want to languish or wallow in some kind of uh, delusion that those things are true just to salve my ego or make me feel better about myself. No. Leadership effectiveness matters more to me 
than ego satisfaction. I want to be an effective leader. I want that. And if that means I have to change my mind about something, I want to do that so that I can be more effective at the tasks that God has given me. You know, as a leader, I hope you are firm in your convictions. I hope you stand by your positions. I I hope you're not easily swayed. I don't want you checking Twitter every day and finding out which way the wind is blowing and then making your decision about what you believe or what you will do or how you will act. You're a leader. Stand strong. But in the context of doing that, keep the possibility before you that sometimes you really do need to change your mind. When you learn new biblical information, new extra biblical information that helps you to do your job, when you learn that you've weighed the facts in the past and you made a decision and frankly, you're just wrong and now you need to change your mind. No matter the reason or the motivation, when these things happen, change your mind. Don't be stubborn proud, afraid to lose face, change your mind and do so because mission matters most. The mission of God and the mission of your organization matter more than your personal comfort and change your mind because you want to be an effective leader and effectiveness trumps ego satisfaction. You'll change your mind Go a different direction because you really want to be effective more than anything else. Put this into practice. Learn to change your mind. Stand strong? Absolutely. But keeping that possibility open that you can change your mind when the mission demands it, when effectiveness calls for it. Do it today as you lead on.